This week on the Course of Life podcast, we're resuming normally scheduled programming here on the pod. It's a jam-packed episode. We got the FedEx Cup playoffs week one in review, week two coming at you in the AIG Women's Open, a bookend winner, and Phil's gambling woes revealed. Plus, we're tuned into an overdue TV show watch for me, some live music, and a movie review. This week's guest, a hard left turn from golf. On to the next adventure in life, and here in Austin, Texas, it's going to take me attending a personal, a professional bull riding event. That's right, a bull riding event, and we've got a world champion bull rider on the show in Michael Gaffney joining us here on The Course of Life. Plus, it's pizza and a bakery update when we always end with food. All of it is brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. And Mike, we just want to alert the masses that Desert Fox Golf is not only a great set of products for you, the individual golfer out there who wants to keep your phone safe with the phone caddy or enjoy the towels, the accessories, or the swing eight tumblers, of course, to keep your drink cool. But if you or or someone you know or a club you know is hosting a large-scale event, then you, that's right, you could get yourself a cash referral uh, for recommending Desert Fox Golf products. Uh, Just tell them Course of Life sent you. Again, all the details are at desertfoxgolf.com regarding what they can provide for golf events, small and large. Check out everything they have to offer. But keep in mind that if you refer a large-scale event uh, through your connections in the world of golf, whether it's someone you know at a club or a club you work at or a friend who's having a large-scale event, tell them to check out Desert Fox Golf and Course of Life sent you. Uh, for that cash referral. Again, check out desertfoxgolf.com for all their great golf products. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live tag app i'm michael he's alex and alex we're we're back we we've returned to normal scheduled programming after uh being in ireland three weeks ago and having those audio diaries hit the sound waves the last two weeks indeed and uh we're back just like we're back just like lucas lover the 2009 yeah. U.S. Open champion Correct. who was outside of the top 100 in the FedEx Cup two weeks ago is back. He won back-to-back, finishing out the season, and then taking the W at the first FedEx Cup event in Tennessee for the St. Jude. He's now fourth in the FedEx Cup standing. That's and, crazy. And he's going to be 30th in the world rankings, his highest ranking since 2010. He might have a chance at a Ryder Cup berth even or getting a captain's pick. He's got to be looked at now. Lucas Lover, who would have thought? All laid out for him. I mean, yeah. crazy. Off of two amazing weeks of golf here, starting with the Wyndham and North Carolina, and now at the TPC Southwind, a dog of a track, winning at a, at a birdie fest and a little bit of a tougher course as well, too. Very impressive performances both weeks. This is a guy who has had personal life issues with his marriage that had been made very public in recent years. He had been struggling with the yips, Mike. This guy couldn't make a putt uh, yeah. of like two or three feet for a long time, and it was embarrassing to watch him play for years, a former major champion. So him bouncing back at this stage in his life, 43 years old, Mike, like, you know, he, he, he's got to admit it. He 
probably thought maybe he was on the twilight and his, his best days of winning golf tournaments were behind him. And lo and behold, he has this unbelievable heater at a fantastic time in the season, uh, winning two huge events back to back. Really, really impressive stuff from the veteran. Yeah, his his putting was horrible. He he got what uh, pretty much the same putter that Adam Scott has. He did everything, Mike. He did, he did, and, he, and, he did the long, yeah. the belly, the grip, the cradle, Ever. the nudged up against. You know, he flirted with the rules, the rule change on the long yeah. putter. I mean, <laughs> this guy went through absolutely everything to try and figure out his putting, um, but he's gotten to a really uh, comfortable spot. As you could see, he was rolling in some clutch putts late, uh, especially late seventeen and eighteen on Sunday. To get to the playoff as is impressive stuff again just one of those veterans that we've always known by name but he's really shooting himself into the world golf stratosphere now with this unbelievably timed heater this is mike this is that vegas moment mm-hmm. where you're hot at the table and you just you don't ever want to walk away it feels like you'll never lose yeah it's just i mean so then the question is are you putting money on lucas lover next weekend <laughs> For the three-peat, right? I, <laughs> that, that did not have that on my 2023 bingo card. Yeah. Us talking about a Lucas Glover three-peat on the PGA Tour. Um, yeah. I think it was something like 8,000 to one odds if you'd bet him to win both weeks in the last two parlayed. Um, so yeah, who knows what that looks like. I think he's going off at somewhere in the neighborhood of like 30 or 40 to one this week at, at Olympia Fields. Of course, he doesn't really have much history on. We'll get into that in a little yeah, bit. But we will in a little bit. Fascinating uh, to see where he's put himself. And, and as for the Ryder Cup, like you mentioned, he thought he started thinking about it about mm, 15 minutes after he won for the second time. It wasn't even on his radar, but it is now. Yeah, just, just crazy. Um, because I just think it's interesting to look at the guys who are now outside of the top 50 in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, uh, unfortunate just, end for, for our boy Taylor Montgomery season, by the way. Yeah, um, good effort overall, you got to think. 53rd yeah. final position in the, the FedEx Cup standings. That's still pretty darn good. Um, but I just thought it was interesting looking at who, uh, you know, Kucher is out now. So the oldest guy left there is is going to be um, Lucas Lover. Out okay. there in the field, yeah, that makes I think. sense. Yep. Um, fifty to and, thirty this week. We went from seventy to fifty for those for those scoring at home. It's a three yeah. week playoff, so it's fast. It it's fast. a quick little series right here. Our boy Seamus Power didn't have the week he would have liked, so he's gonna have to have a big week to get into that top thirty this week. But that that's the new goal is getting you get into that top thirty, Mike, and you know how well the purse pays out, like even for dead last at that yeah. tour championship. So if you just get into that top thirty, you've essentially like made the money of winning a whole other PGA tour event yep. uh, just by qualifying for next yep. week. So a lot of money on the line this week. I, I do have a question uh, that I just thought of that I want to ask. And we, we had this debate on live take about um, whether or not you would take beefy Bryson. Um, oh yeah. For the Ryder cup team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the conversation, you know, do you want Justin Thomas or beefy Bryson? I think has been a conversation that we've seen a lot of. Here's my better question. Justin Thomas, who didn't make the FedEx Cup playoffs this year he for did the first not. time. Missed by a shot. Justin Thomas or Lucas Glover on the Ryder Cup team? Lucas Glover, the hot hand. <laughs> yeah, the hot well, hand. Can, can you I'd imagine say. Justin Thomas not play, being at a Ryder Cup right now, just in general? Hey, listen, I mean, no offense, man, but, you know, Ricky had his swoon where he missed out, yeah. like, you know, it's just like it's. Just, I, I know, I, I know, you're all part of a gang, and you're all buddy buds, and you all want to be there together. But if you're not all vibing, and the game's not right, then we can't have you there. It's I, just, I just think it's so crazy, and this is the game of golf, and how crazy it is. So Justin Thomas won a major last year. 
Yes, he did. That's correct. <laughs> and now he's one of the worst players on tour this year. Argue, well, maybe not one of the worst, but he's certainly not one of the best. So well, there, it's was, just, there was the knock on the previous Ryder Cup points and how they were given out and that, you know, early major wins early in the Ryder Cup kind of two year schedule weighed too heavily. So this is mm-hmm. proving that that's changed in recent years. So they, they've even the scales on that on that note. Yeah. So that was the FedEx St. Jude. We'll talk about the BMW in a little bit, but let's uh, let's talk about the other big news that came out uh, related to the PGA Tour this week. Before we get into the final LPGA major of the year, and that was Phil Mickelson. We just love hearing about Phil Mickelson. Gossip time. Uh, you know, we went from I went from being a huge Phil fan to being his biggest hater. <laughs> in about maybe no it was it was gradual over time i was gonna say 12 months time no it, it brewed over a few years i'd say it might have been 12 months it might have really snapped into place though in about 12 months it might have been wobbly for a while but then you know once he took that dirty saudi money it was like okay bye <laughs> we heard we um, read some stuff in the book if you remember too a part of our old school too, book club that series too. as well that, too. So that was so the beginning already- of it but th- this big one was from the excerpts of a soon to be or maybe about to be as I speak right now book from Billy Walters legendary financial tycoon guy who is in cahoots with Phil Mickelson. Yeah, uh he bet a lot it seems. We knew he was a big better but he bet <laughs> Yes, that's an understatement right there. Yeah. $100,000 per game over a thousand times. Yes. With, tr- with his peak being 43 bets in one day. Yeah. At, at that denomination. So like I start to sweat it, Mike, when I'm betting like 10 or 20 bucks on the game, I'm usually yeah. like a $5 unit guy. So when I get 10 or $20 a game, that's, that's when you know it's a big deal. Phil's out here throwing six digits in our, in our salaries on one baseball game here and doing it four digit times on the counter. Uh, yeah, absolutely obsessed. And, and, and this was just in the excerpted early 2010s years. We don't really even know the the quite full tally, although Phil gave some hints as to how just deep it could be. Yeah, um, down a hundred million at one point, wagering close to a billion dollars. That's billion with a B. That's <laughs> a lot of total money moved around through probably illegal offshore websites, sketchy yeah. casinos, and obviously through Billy Walters for him to know all this. And that book's definitely going to be a fascinating read, if for nothing else, that Phil Mickelson chapter that we've all heard about. These excerpts coming out now. And the big scandalous one, Mike, was the Pete Rose comparison that's now hit the mm. internet with Phil Mickelson, where he allegedly tried to place a $400,000 wager on the Ryder Cup team he was participating on in 2012. Uh, you'll remember that was the iconic meltdown where the U.S. was had, had a commanding lead going into Sunday singles and completely blew it. I don't know if Phil actually got that bet off somewhere else, but Billy Walters would not take his money. He was not going to do any sort of Pete Rose Ponzi scheming with his boy, Phil. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, and I, and I, and I you know... I saw this on the internet. I don't know if it was true. I'm assuming this was that Rory was asked about Phil's betting on the Ryder Cup. And he said, let, well, he can bet on it this year. Yeah, he's not going to be playing in it. That was that was that was the burn from Rory, who's clearly not holding back these days. He's he's letting all the insults fly lately. You know, what's it matter? He's obviously the martyr that no one wants to back up anymore. (laughs) So, yes, burn the bridges. Why not? Everyone's letting it fly. (laughs) Anyways, those are some crazy numbers for anyone out there in the community. Bet responsibly, not like yeah. that, uh, but crazy figures coming from Phil Mickelson and and those excerpts and, and future uh, notes from that Billy Walters book should, should make for good fodder here in the coming weeks. 
This weekend was the AIG Women's Open, the final major of the LPGA season at Walton Health Golf Club across the pond. And uh, Lilia Vu. Yep. Who would have thought that Lilia Vu would be the number one golfer in the LPGA, win two majors, become the first American woman to win two majors since like 1999 or something? It's just like. Who who would have thought of all the women Americans out there that it would be Lilia Vu coming? Yeah, I know because we've had so many on our radar recently. When you obviously talk about Lexi Thompson trying to break through again, obviously the Quarter Sisters and what they're doing, a resurgence of Danielle Kang, uh, other Americans that have hit the winner's circle in recent months. Lilia Vu kind of came out of nowhere to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, she definitely struggled with her game as of just a few years ago, but it's definitely found something to hit. She had that great win overseas. And then, Mike, if you can believe it, this feels like e- eons ago, but I was at the first major of this LPGA yeah, season yeah. <laughs> in Houston, where, where Lilia Vu won the Chevron and then jumped into the pond in the water by 18. Uh, it feels like a, a million miles away, but she bookends the major championship season by winning the first major there here in the state of Texas and then winning the final one across the pond. Very impressive season. Two majors in a year, Mike. She may, may never eclipse that moment, but regardless, a career year in, in the books for her already. Certainly an incredible win. And to do it over the local Englishwoman, Charlie Hall, as well, yeah. who was well, surging there Hall on fan. the back nine uh, yeah. and couldn't get it done. Felt a little bit like uh, how Rory couldn't get it done. A little bit of the hometown vibes. Yeah, they were trying to egg her on to win. But needless to say, Lily Vu, she's a grinder. She's tough to beat Mm -hmm. down the stretch. Once she got a hold of that lead, it was cruise control for like the last five or six holes. Uh, You could have snapped that one off on like the 13th or 14th hole uh, because she was driving it very nicely. Impressive stuff to book in the major championship with two wins. Just want to put a reminder out, too, for everyone. While we did, of course, the last two weeks have our audio diaries from our time in Ireland, which, um, for lack of a better word and not to toot our own horn too much, was spectacular. It was. was. Great edit, by the way, from you. Congratulations on both parts there. You did a really good job. You got your uh, your storyteller on there for a couple weeks. Mm, A little bit. A little bit. like that. Uh, but we got some videos going up on our YouTube channel as well. Of course, we got everything on Instagram. We got a video from Royal Dublin up there. K Club is coming as well. We'll have ones from the European Club and Ros Lair. So a lot of great content still coming out from this trip. Again, a huge thank you to Tourism Ireland and Golf Ireland for having us out there and putting this up in such style and really taking Indeed, great yeah, care of us. It was a great trip. The Royal Dublin, yeah, the great trip. The Royal Dublin book uh, video is already out on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe and check out the YouTube channel. And that K Club video will be dropping likely, I'd say, this Friday. We're going, we're going with Friday drops for YouTube videos, so you can take a, a little bit of a deeper dive into those rounds we played in Ireland. Let's look ahead to the next event in the FedEx Cup that is coming this weekend. That is the BMW Championship in Chicago. Um, And, you know, I think it's going to be interesting because Lucas Lover, back-to-back wins here uh, the last two weeks. By the way, Patrick Cantley, back-to-back wins at the BMW Championship. Yep, and 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 it and the crazy part is it was different courses, and this would make it a third different course as well too. They last came to Olympia yeah. Fields in 2020. Mike, here's a good time refresher for you. The last time they had the BMW here was that epic COVID event where John Rahm and DJ were burying bomb putts on each other, and they had a playoff. If to, if you remember that, that was one of the better finishes of the COVID golf season, and uh, electric win there. 
Um, so impressive stuff from John Rom. He's back to kind of semi-defend here at this course for the first time in a few years. But I like Cantlay. You, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. He is definitely part of my picks. My full article is up at runyourpool.com uh, for my full team and roster of who I like at the BMW. But Cantlay is the top dog. He seems to play very well in these playoff events. It doesn't matter where you put him, where the course is. He just seems to thrive when it's FedEx Cup season. That's right. He's Patty Ice. He's just, he's just cool as ice. Yeah, he's not really the most exciting golfer, and he's not the fastest one either, but God damn it, Mike, he shows up when the big money's on the line. So Jay, Jay Monahan knows him very well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right, let's uh, switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. I saw Barbie, Alex. Mm, movie review time because I'm actually I'm going to come with a, my own Barbie review next week. I can already mm. tell you that that's already mm. booked on my end, but okay. you, you're going to get the first crack at it. So so tell well, me your thoughts on the Barbie movie. I just need to say first that when I went to go see it, I wore pink, and you my you. <laughs> my wonderful wife did not. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So I should, I should come ready to walk out of the house in pink. Yeah. You should wear pink. I wore my pink. Uh, it was a pink and blue stripe, but it was mostly pink. Uh, new polo from the European club, actually. So that's actually a great vibe. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, I thought it was fantastic. I think I had hyped it more in my mind than I needed to. It wasn't maybe didn't live up to these lofty expectations I had, sure. but it still was incredibly well done. Um, very funny. Um, and uh, Ryan Gosling is, is just the perfect Ken in every way. Uh, Will Ferrell cameo. Yes. Will Ferrell was great. You know, Will Ferrell was not as off the chain as I was maybe expecting Will Ferrell to be, like he can be okay. sometimes. All right, cool. Um, That's so what that I'm was, for. That was, you know, that was good. Overall, it was good. And, uh, you know, I would give it out of five stars, I would give it um, a solid four, maybe four and a half, somewhere like four and a quarter. Solid four, four and a quarter. Okay, yeah. sounds good. All right, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'll have my yeah. official review next week. Uh, we'll see if I, I meet that or, or exceed that. Um, I finally got to a show, Mike, that you've been talking about forever. It's so freaking overdue that I uh, watched the show. It's finally happened. We're through season one of Ted Lasso. We did it. Ah, there you go. So Welcome. overdue. We all we love Roy Kent. God, that guy. He's yeah. just so man. He's, he's just you know. He's just he's he's turning himself he gets, around step by step. He gets step, even day better day. in season two. Roy Kent gets even better in season two. And those I biscuits, mean, Mike. They're, they're that's just yeah. a homemade delight from Mr. Ted Lasso. That, that's that's yeah. not any bakery right there. That's fresh no, from home. That's all him. It's coming straight out of his kitchen uh, in that second story walk up. So <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that. So yeah, through season one, I'll report back uh, when I get closer to uh, season two and three. Love it. Are you a goldfish? By the way, are you a goldfish? <laughs> I'd like to think I am. I, I just like John Rom said, if you can take a little bit of that attitude on the golf course, yeah. it goes a long way. You, yep. you, you got to have that short memory span and, and not remember too much when you're out there playing. So if I can be a little bit more of a goldfish each day, I, I hit the course, it'll be better for myself. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That was the tuned in. And then I went to a concert, little 90s rock action, uh, some 41, simple oh, plan, and the Ooh. offspring. How's, how's that for a oh, trio of old school rock bands? I feel like I'm back in middle school. Yeah, very angsty. A lot of people in their 30s and 40s that were ready to go home as soon as the show ended. Um, <laughs> the, the, show the, ended the, the show ended like 8.30. The guys in the offspring are losing their hair, unfortunately. Love them. Yeah. Love them, mean it. Great show, but they're they're getting up there in age. It's okay. They still rocked it. Great time, as always. So another concert checked off. All right. 
Let's get into this week's guest. Uh, we don't stop adventuring uh, when we go to Ireland. We keep doing more adventure things. And your next adventure, Alex, down there in Austin, has you go into a bull riding event. Bull riding. Yeah. Yeah. PBR teams event. Not not the PGA. The PBR. No. Okay. Not Paps Blue Ribbon, you 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 drunkards out there. I'm talking about professional bull riding, the PBR team series. It's been going on for a couple years. My hometown team is the Austin Gamblers. So we're taking a really cool behind-the-scenes look at the Austin Gamblers. From, from who better than Mike than the coach who also happens to be a world champion? We got a world champion bull rider coming your way right now. That's gonna be great. I know I just think bull riding is so interesting. So I can't wait to hear this one. But first, let's uh, talk to you about the Live Take app. This is where sports debates are solved once and for all. We we talk about this one a lot. We, you know, this is where we go to go a little more off the chain, maybe, to kind of share our opinions about things. And uh, like we said earlier, we were talking about whether we should have someone like Beefy Bryson. In the Ryder, the Ryder Cup. Cup team, yep. There's also um, there's golf debates, sports debates. We've done some food debates. Uh, we were all over the map, but regardless, yeah, live take. It's, it's where we settle the debates, and we let the people's voice be heard as well, too. Yep, yep, that indeed. Um, so check it out, live take on your app store. Follow us on there, COL Podcast, Alex, COL Podcast, Michael. Make sure to get our weekly live takes every week. Challenge us as well to uh, test out to see who thinks is Who's right? Live Take app downloaded on your app store today. Let your take be heard. Next up, he is a PBR world champion rider, ring of honor inductee, a legend in riding, who's now in a new coaching role with the Austin Gamblers in the PBR team series. It's Michael the G-Man Gaffney joining us live from Texas. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm good, Alex. How are you? Yeah. I know you're working through life and home issues and whatnot, but I'm glad you took a few minutes to hop on because we got some exciting times, not only for for yourself and the gamblers, but the PBR as well, too. Um, so let's get right into it. I know you've seen the PBR pretty much since its inception. For those who don't know how the PBR came to be, explain your role and everything. Um, a lot of things kind of drove us into that uh, that hotel room that day in 1992 there was about 12 15 of us and um you know a lot of uh, antagonists that that put us there uh you know we were all coming and stemming from professional rodeo and and there were other non-sanctioned events and without getting too far in the weeds here alex it just there were lots of things that were happening and we as bull riders felt like we needed to have a bigger say in what the format was okay um and that type of thing i was i was being led by some of my mentors that were you know five six eight years my you know older than i was and and you know they were my heroes at the time i was one of the young guns and along with Jerome Davis, who is, is, who's a Carolina coach. And, and so we got in that room that day and long story short, we, uh, we all threw in a thousand dollars that we didn't have. I, I've always said <laughs> that, uh, my, my, my check was, uh, maybe not completely hot, but it was warm. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it was, it was, it was a struggle for professional bull riders even at that time. And, and I just come off the biggest, um, rodeo win of my career i'd won the nfr rode nine out of ten bulls there in las vegas and after paying uncle sam and all the travel expenses and entry fees we had the prior year in 1991 you know i was basically i was basically broke so 
Uh, again, just uh, one of those one of those moments in, in time that, you know, it, it was a pipe dream at best. And, and we just got our heads together and we had a name. We had the professional bull riding name. And that's really all we had. Um, and we had our we kind of had gumption and we had a lot of egos, but we were willing to go down the same path together. And, you know, here we are 30 plus years later on kind of the next, you know, evolutionary platform of the PBR. Very cool. Yeah, that $1,000 was, I'm sure, a lot to you back then. And that $1,000 is definitely going a long way now from for where the league has taken itself in the last few decades. And and part of your history obviously includes the world championship that you notched in 1997. Tell everyone a little bit about what that moment was like for you and hitting that pinnacle in your career. Well, it was it was monumental, I think, for, for, for myself, like all the other champions in whatever sport and business you're in. It's just a, it was a highlight. I've been through a lot. I've been hurt a lot. And, um, you know, I last, you know, one of my traveling partners who actually was raised right here in Dripping Springs, spent a lot of time with him down here in the Austin area. Of course, it's changed a lot since those days. And, and so a, a lot of a lot of good water, but a lot of muddy water under the bridge, as it were, from a, a career of riding bulls and, and bane, you know, bumps and bruises, broken jaws, broken bones, and lots of surgeries. But, uh, you know, at the end, it's, it's those moments that define an individual and, and what you're made of. And, you know, and to belong, I think, Alex, if, if I define that moment in one or a couple of sentences, it was, it was about feeling like I belong with the guys that I've been traveling with. Mm, you know, yep. these were the guys I looked up to. They were they were who I wanted to be like, right? These were, these were tough, tough guys. And, and, and these were the, you know, the, the founders of the PBR. And, and again, guys that I looked up to, you know, every day I nodded my head and, and wanted to be like, so it was a, it was a real defining moment for me in my career in 1997. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's, and, and, to, and now to be in a coaching role, you know, hoping to give, you know, what knowledge I can to pass on along to these young guys, even though it, it stresses me out more now doing this uh, and watching these kids get on these bulls because I'm setting the pins, you know, I'm putting them on the bulls and that type of thing. And uh, I think having my own son, you know, that for once having that vulnerability that I never had when I was riding because I didn't have children at the time. So it's, uh, but it's the most gratifying as well to, to watch them have, have success in the back of these bulls and and the bulls have just they've they've just they've just dialed it up so much more just because the genetics and the breeding programs and the the health of these animals is just incredible so they're the 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 deck is stacked against these young kids these young athletes but it's it's so inspiring to me and and it's such a great uh you know i don't know a great moment every time the bull you know steps out with one of our guys on his back or one of the other riders on the other teams is is very fulfilling for me and and being there originally with the pbr in, in the early 90s and to see where it was and, and what it's become is is very gratifying i think to myself along with the other founders yeah it's turned into like quite the mega show in the sports scene it's gotten tons more tv coverage in the recent decades as well the purses are up the attention's definitely up on social media and online in this new age of, of consumption of media i'm curious about your coaching rule as it as it pertains to Austin, Texas, where I am. This is what I'm really excited about for my visit to check out Austin Gambler Days in a couple weeks here. But Austin, Texas, as you know, Michaels, it's a pro sports scene that's quiet, and it's but it's got a country soul, and there's definitely that need for, for more professional teams. So tell me what it was like kind of bringing uh, professional bull riding specifically to Austin for yourself. Well, with me, kind of a new arrival, as it were. You know, my wife and son and I, we moved down here, Alex, two years ago, uh, this past August, for him to play soccer. 
Hmm, you know, we okay. moved down here. Speaking of sports, that's why we moved from, from New Mexico because of the opportunities of sports and and what you as a um, you know as a as a as a city here and a welcoming city. And we, we talk about the melting pot here and, and all the, all the things that Austin has to offer. And, and so that was, that's one first and foremost for me. And now to be a coach of a franchise, a professional franchise that's owned by two uh, Texas natives. They, they both were raised outside of around Houston area. Uh, they're, they're avid athletes themselves. They love, they just love sports. They're, you know, soccer team owners, and now they're, you know, <laughs> professional bull riding team owners. Yeah. And you couldn't ask for any better people. But, you know, I think from a perspective of, of a coach and, and now uh, spearheading along with JJ Gotch, our GM, who's just been instrumental, you know, putting us in the position to, to be able to, to bring our sport and our franchise with these these riders, these athletes we have on our roster is, is, is just, you know, I, I'm, I take a lot of pride in that. And, and our guys are, are just, just top top rated kids and and they are they're all just kids so uh again i to, to bring that to the austinites is is a is a great moment for me and last year i'll say this alex for the first inaugural event that, that we'd had um here in the area in the pbr teams at the moody center no less right you know we were apprehensive to see what kind of the reception that we were going to get yeah but um it was it was fantastic and i've always said i mean you know being one of the original founders, you know, we'd go in early, we'd go in two, three days early to, to do PR, do the early morning radio shows and the, the really things to, to, to exclaim to people how great professional bull riding, this isn't rodeo, right? This isn't traditional rodeo. This is, this is three hours of professional, intense, expect the unexpected family type entertainment it is it's raw. You can't just, you know, call time out and, and it's, and it's stopped. I mean, these are, these are amazing athletic animals that, that buck. And, and so once we get people through the door, is my point, Alex, they, we, we have fans. I mean, they come once, they'll come back because it is that energetic and it's that entertaining. And it's, and it's a sports show. You, you've got two great athletes, you know, one, one a man and then one beast, right? Mm, yep. Professional, high-grade, genetically um, bucking bull that is, is you know, is, is – his job is to buck you off and they're good at it. So again, for three hours, it's, there's nothing like it in, in, in the sports world. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's so, the oldest yeah. matchup there is. Then the man versus the bull. I love it. It, it is. It is. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And if people want to salivate a little bit more beyond this conversation, it's the ride on prime video as well too, for more behind the scenes content. Let's get to some rapid fire questions though, here with Michael Gaffney, the G man here on the course of life. Um, let's quickly do one quick thought and, and help people understand who haven't seen much bull riding, the importance of the grip and, and, and actually gripping around the rope that you use to kind of keep yourself locked in for the bull ride. What, what, What's most important for them to see and understand about the grip when you're riding? Well, I, th- I think it is a, it's very simplistic because of the, of the rope that people see, you know, they'll see on the teletron, the teleprompter, they'll see a guy get, get pulled down and helped along with the other cowboys and other athletes get on the bull and they tighten the, the bull rope around the girth, the chest area, as it were, uh, of, of the animal. And, and they tighten that up where it's really, really solid, where you don't have slippage of the bull rope. And this bull rope's made out of polyester. It has kind of a, almost a suitcase type bra- uh, braided leather, leather strap through that handhold that the guys warm up with, uh, with like a black rosin along with some other stuff that helps get that rope really mm. sticky when it's warmed up because of the friction. 
and and then and you lay it across your palm and around you hear the you know the great the great stories or the great uh, sentences and in, in famous songs and that type of thing about the suicide rap and that type of thing and it and it really is because you're almost tying yourself into a you know a car that's gonna is going to crash right it's 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 kind of a controlled hopefully a controlled crash and and for eight to ten seconds it's it's your job to to keep that hand closed and and find that find that horn or find that whistle or find that buzzer that people are are so accustomed to hearing and and it, it really is it's just you know expect the unexpected and, and it's it's to that guy to counter the moves of this bull that weighs you know typically 16 18 2000 pounds and and how quickly they move you know we talk about guys that you know they're outside linebackers and you know and these types of, of physical right you know, yeah 300 pounds right and outside a thick outside linebacker yeah <laughs> it's a you know and you multiply that by darn near 10 and it's, it gives you some it gives you some perspective but until you take a shot from one of these things it's uh it's 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 really remarkable what kind of power that they what they hold and what they have and uh and i i always find myself telling everybody that you know i'm i'm so glad that my son is a soccer player because it's so brutal <laughs> but hey you know we're we're human right we like you know why do people go to uh, car races because you want to see a crash i mean or you know maybe you don't you don't want to see somebody die you want to see somebody almost die right you want some action yes yeah. You want some action. That's that's how we're made, right? The gladiator in in every each and every one of us. And you find a lot of the the female the female side seem like they root for the bull more than the cowboy, which is fantastic because these animals are beautiful and they 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 take such good care of them. And uh, anyway, there's there's a piece of the PBR and teams for everyone that everyone can can get you know, get into and get involved in and, and enjoy, I believe. Eight, eight seconds is that magic number you mentioned to where we start getting to scoring territory. I'm curious, the first eight seconds though, which part of the first eight seconds is the hardest to withstand? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. You know, that first jump out of the chute can be so violent. <laughs> if you're just, and we talk about a sweet spot in anything, whether it's golf or whether it's, you know, you find guy, you know, a, a quarterback step back in the pocket yeah. and deliver the ball. You find, you know, you find that sweet spot and every, it's relative into everything, right? I think it's a race car driver or again, a golfer or a swimmer, you know, you have those and, and bull riding is no different, but you get outside of that sweet spot, Alex, and it, and it, and it gets violent really quick. Right. And, and we talk about a game of, of, of inches or a game of this or a game of that. Ours is truly a game of hairs because it's because of what you're dealing with. But again, that's what makes it so exciting, I think, to watch. And then as a writer and as, and as a, a washed up past writer, I should say, you know, it's 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 it is that kind of glad, gladiator in you um, that you're that you you know, brings it out of you. And, and that's what you're seeking, right? Is that kind of uncontrolled, you know, violent moment that you have somewhat control over um, and and try to conquer. So it's, it's, I can't describe it, but it's, it's absolutely, my dad was a jet fighter pilot, you know, back in Vietnam. That's Very a cool. career military guy. And we, and we compared that, you know, that flying by the seat of your pants type thing, right? And, and I think, again, it's relative to lots of other sports, just that feeling that you seek out. And, and, and bull riding is, you know, it has to be, at least I feel like at the top of the list. Nice. That adrenaline gene definitely hit. I know your mother's <laughs> background in, in horses and your father's background in, in military. It makes a lot more sense you, with the way you got to where you are now. <laughs> Michael, yeah. we, love, we love finishing with our 19th hole question for all our guests, but I'll reframe it to you. After a big, long day of riding and competition and, and you're hungry, what's like your go-to meal and drink that you love to have at the end of the day riding? 
Oh, you know, back in the day, there was there was nothing like going, you know, just being, I guess, not so much a ranch race kid, but a country kid. And, and my mother and dad, both being from the Midwest, you know, nothing like a great big old ribeye steak and, and baked potato and loaded baked potato and, and having a cold glass iced tea. You know, and every once in a while, back in my day, we had the, you know, we, ha- we had our, our sponsors of beer and stuff like that. So a good cold, you know, cold one afterwards wasn't a bad thing either. But uh, yeah, I just uh, sitting down to a nice meal with the guys that I competed against afterwards. Typically, we were, we were on the road. I will say that a lot of times we were, we were grabbing something to go. But it was just the satisfaction, I think, of, of having hopefully a great ride and satisfaction in, in how well you, uh, you did your job. Love that. Awesome. Great answer, Michael. Again, really excited to head out to Austin Gambler Days in a couple of weeks at the Moody Center. The PBR Team Series is going all over, so be sure to check out their website and their socials for where they might land next. Excited to meet you and the team there, and uh, best of luck with everything this season as well. Yeah, roger that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you there at the Moody. Course of Life podcast is also brought to you by Zencaster. We've been using Zencaster literally since the beginning of this podcast. It's a super easy and secure way for us to record our audio since we're in two different parts of the country. And Alex, we've grown with them uh, since from the beginning with them too to what they are now. And it's just super comforting to know that our audio is safe and secure, even if there's a dropout on one end or the other. Even if I don't hear you or there's something happens, I still get all of your audio. Yeah, and that happens all the time at our fault. But shout out to Zencaster for coming through when we need them to. That's true. It's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. You can record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. You feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. You can also sound your best. Have you ever wondered what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast liveness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So head on over to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our promo code COURSEOFLIFE and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experience as we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. And we're back. Great chat there with the G-Man, Michael Gaffney. Uh, Alex, how much money would you need to be paid to write a bull for about 10 seconds? Mm, good question. Yeah, so so eight's that that parameter. So we get to that qualified ride stage where you get scored on. So last and ride eight seconds on one of those bad boys, bucking yeah. as hard as he can. <sighs> Considering the injuries I know I'm going to sustain when <laughs> I land, and then the chance of what happens on the ground afterward, Mike. You're forgetting yeah, about that part. true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, It's got to be six digits for me, I'm thinking. Six digits. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're oh, you're taking less. You'll you'll do it for ten grand. I'll do it. Yeah. Um. Am I? Do I get to wear full padding more than they they do out there? Same same as what they do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay then. Yeah. Six figures. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Needless to say, it's going to be fun to see that up close and personal. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't know. Have you or Ben? I've never been to anything like this, really. I've seen I've the rodeo before, I've, but I've, I've been watched to them on, I've watched them on TV. They're really interesting to watch on TV. I have no idea what I'm watching when I watch them on TV, but it's just interesting to watch people try to hold on for dear life onto a bull. Um, but I, I think they have. I think they've had something like that. Maybe come to Savannah, or maybe down to Jacksonville or Charleston or something. But yeah. So check, like I said, check yeah. the website if you if you're wondering if the, they're coming to a city near you because they're going all over this season. The gamblers are on fire. So looking forward to profiling more of them being there and in, in, in catching the action in person in a couple weeks. And if you like that interview with Michael Gaffney, plus everything else we've done here and continue to do here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. Uh, Five stars is ideal. Four is pretty good. Three is okay. Two is mediocre. And one is just downright cruel. But I will take literally any rating you're willing to give us. Yeah, I agree. And one more review is one more than we had before. So we'll take it. That's true. That's very true. I think right now, last I checked on Apple Podcasts, we have a perfect five and we have more than well, more than one person who has rated us. Yes, at least double digits. Let's just say that. (laughs) You can also follow us on Instagram and threads. COL podcast, Course of Life, Alex, M-W-R-I-N-C. I don't use Twitter anymore, really. I even moved it off my main home screen. It's now hiding in a folder somewhere. I only open it when you tag me in something, Alex, and you're on Twitter at Course of Life 1. I am. I'm a little upset that we have – it doesn't sound like we're going to get the Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk fight. It sounds like that has officially fallen apart, speaking It sounds like Elon was just trying to push it off and push it off, and he was hurt, and he's got to have surgery and then can we do a practice session know, a little bit of the excuse train from elon yeah, musk that's what it sounded I like. yeah i think he was scared i think he was scared of, uh, <laughs> of zuck i think i think that's what it was so once was i get sanctioned <laughs> i'll write a run your pool article about it because uh, i can't wait for the moment when that does happen but this week it's all preseason nfl and, and college football preview for me that's right. It's uh, it's that time on Run Your Pool for you. And, uh, you know, I know football is back and it's my least favorite time of the year to that extent because you know how much I, I care about my New York Giants and how bad they are. So in about six weeks when the Giants have won two straight games, you'll hear me screaming about how great they are and let it Super Bowl or bust. But for now, let's uh, let you have the floor, Alex. Yeah, no, it's been pretty much backups that you've seen. I watched a little of Hard Knocks with Aaron Rodgers. Um, one of the highlights, Mike, that you'll appreciate um, was a a really bad pronunciation of uh, what's a what's a what's a word, Mike? A fancy word for a, a platter of breads and meats and cheeses laid out. L- lunchables. Yeah, what's the fancy word for that? What do you call that? Fancy lunchables. <laughs> that would be charcuterie, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. the the jet the Jets lineman pronounced it Carcucci and he went Ooh. super viral for that a very embarrassing moment at Jets camp but nonetheless it's been all about Aaron Rodgers on hard knock so far and his new home with the Jets uh, so we'll see how the rest of that preseason goes but it's been a lot of backups a little excitement on the Patriots end but not too much to report here uh, so we're, we're getting inching closer towards actual meaning meaningful football in the next few weeks yeah. Uh, let's talk briefly, too, about meaningful baseball because it is the second half of the season. Yeah, we're close, yeah. Uh, are my Yankees, your Red Sox, just just the bottom of the crapper, really? Yeah, it's this annoying spot where they have a record adjacent to 500. They play decent for a week and then play horrible for a week, and there's just no rhyme or reason. There's fighting within the team between the coach and Cora and GM and Bloom, and it's just... 
you can see the mediocrity written in, in the last two months of the season. Yeah. But you you know they're gonna they're, they're gonna do the thing where they keep you just close enough to contention to keep us reeled in for the end of the season. Yeah. Tough goings in the AL East, though. I will say it's really interesting to see that the Mets sold off to the Astros and the uh, and the Texans uh, and the not the Texans the Rangers. Yeah, I was in the right state there. Uh, so now we got a we got a runoff between those two teams in the AL West. So go Rangers because I think so. Yeah, I hate the tech hate hate the Astros so much. So yeah, much. this is one of those things, Mike, where I watched it happen because I moved here when the Astros stunk and I watched the bandwagon form as they got good, and then the cheating scandal came. Uh, the bandwagon dissipated a bit and then came back a little bit more ferociously. Yeah, I, I'd side with the Rangers if I had to pick a Texas team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been to a Rangers game. It's nice. You know, it's a nice ballpark up yeah, there. You and I the, went. Uh, they crushed yeah. the Red Sox one night. That's right. All right, let's hashtag always end with food. Yes, let's get right to it. Uh, always end with food on Instagram, our food content and every course of life podcast. Uh, new pizza place I tried. You may have heard of it by name. It's a slightly regional going national pizza chain called DeSano Pizzeria. Um, they have locations in Charlotte and Charleston and a bunch of cities in the South as well, too. But they got a few in Austin. I'm going to give it about a 7.4 for the pepperoni and sausage, the official DeSano mm. pizza. Decent Italian salad. Don't know if I'm going to go back. Might try something different on the menu. But that, that's the quick one bite, 30 second review for DeSano in Austin, Texas. All right. Uh, I think you would come back to the bakery after this week with what I was able to produce. Yeah, what'd you have going my, on? My bakery. Uh, two great things that I, I was able to control the flavor profile on. Um, the first is uh, our special pretzel. So every week we do pretzels and then we do a flavored pretzel now. So this one had sun-dried tomatoes and mixed herbs in it. And then after coming out, it was dipped in a Parmesan butter. Whoa. Fantastic. That sounds like something that you should serve at like an Italian restaurant almost. Maybe. Big Maybe. time, big time Italian <laughs> vibes there. I like that. Yep. And then we did a babka this week with a uh, orange almond cream cheese almond paste and then an orange syrup on top with a couple sliced almonds uh, sprinkled on top as well. And that was spectacular. Divine combo right there. Love yeah. It. Yeah. Back good. bacon. We're back at it. Love it. That was always end with food. Check out again. Always end with food on Instagram. COL podcast as well. Thank you for following and subscribing along. We appreciate you joining for the Ireland journey and staying with us for the rest of our content coming up soon in the coming weeks. For now, for Michael, I'm Alex. Everyone have a good week. 